This is the Bar Stewards Enquiry. You are talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. In, in what way? You are an underachiever in life. You were, I saved your bacon one time. You were gone. You well. I couldn't save you. I, I you well. You said the right thing. But that's why you don't know anything about racing, John. I, I didn't say I do. Right? I'm saying that... What, what have you contributed to racing? You are one of these take-out merchants. Take out all you can. And a very warm welcome to the Bastards Inquiry Weekend Podcast. My name's Lee Keys of systembet.co.uk. And again, always by my side, he's John Ling of John Joe's Blogspot to chew the fat over this weekend's fair prior to the big meeting at Royal Ascot next week. Now, before we get on to the show, um, I'd just like to announce that on Sunday, we've got a special Sunday sermon preview for the for the royal meeting and uh, joining us will be the superb uh, Gloucestershire last Catherine Fry who is second to none in terms of silky skills and banter um, so I hope you enjoy, enjoyed Catherine last week she's on the show on Sunday and with her as well is uh, a fan of the show Lorne Marvel off Twitter Chris Edmund I, I know him well and the Sunday show should be a talker because we're giving our best anti-Perth bets for the royal meeting so that's not one not to miss the usual banter with the four of us and our best bets for the royal meeting so so that is a show you cannot miss on sunday now then john good to speak to you sir how are you yeah good evening to you sir i mean i mean it's been a bit of a a strange week really because we obviously we had we had the derby last week and now it, it feels like just just that little bit of a lull you know, the, yeah. the, 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 it's it's a bit of a, and I know I noticed like you've been quiet with your bets. I've not done much betting action this week, and I, I tell you, I'll start the show off actually with with uh, we've had a few questions uh, from our listeners regarding last week's derby. So I, so I thought, yeah, I thought let's let's kick off the show then with some questions. We've got plenty this week, seven in fact, which is quite a record for us. We get seven questions. Um, Getting more popular. It is when um, six of them are well, don't you? You've got to piss <laughs> off. You're right there. Right, so I'll kick it off the show. Paul Richardson, avid listener. Um, hello, Paul. He said, Did Gosden and Shadwell overthink uh, running Derab uh, in the French derby? Does he mean Gosden and Judamon? He said Shadwell, but I think Judamon. Derab's Khalid Abdullah. You've been very pedantic there, pulling the lad over that there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, you just, you, just, you know, anyway. You know, you know what he meant. You know, you're just, <laughs> just shimming the lad. The first, first question he sends in, he gets one under the ribcage. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's disgraceful. Um, anyway, so he says, he makes a good point, actually. Ah, this is a good question. He said, he said, did they overthink running Derab in the French? instead of the English derby, as there's only one derby, and he had as much potential improvement as as, as any, and, and a stouter pedigree than, than many that were taking their chance in, in the Epsom race. Well, John, over to you on that. I think they could have run him in our race, um, rather than go to France, to be honest. Um, he only had the two, two runs, hadn't he? Um, no, three, sorry. Um, yeah, one last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you're adding to the stress factor of shipping when, you, when you're going to France, as well as running in a group one from Maiden. Uh, 
I think it will probably be a bit easier on the Arsenal and it is Epsom. Um, because of also, I know it's Matt and Harley's ride or something, isn't it? Because of the, the yeah. way it's putting settling it. But I think uh, they might have gone for somebody a bit more dynamic, shall we say, if, if they run it here. And when it, when it won its maiden, I, I said I'd run it in the derby. Uh, yeah, you did, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's still time for it to turn out to be a decent arse, isn't there? Uh, and there's, there's still time for derby when it show itself to be a boat. We don't know yet. Um, I, I don't know, but yeah, for me, they could have run it anyway. I mean, the, the way I saw it was I, it wasn't a vintage year. Um, no. I never, I never saw this year's derby as a, vin, a, a vintage year. We, we've been, we've been quite barren in terms of derby winners in recent times, uh, in terms of quality. And I, I just felt that that it was a race that they could have probably taken the chance rather than the French. I mean, they must have like they must have spat the coffee out when, um, you know, when the draw came out and he was drawn. I think. 14 or 15 or something, which he can't win. I mean, from that that draw, Shanti, you just you just can't win because, especially for an horse that's keen, because you got a slot in. And yeah, you know. So I think that was that 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 was in beat after the, after the draw. So I mean, it's must funny, be- really. I mean, the player about Epsom and all its contours and whatever you. But really, when you think about it, the French Derby is running a draw dependent shit all, isn't it? Really, when you think. Absolutely, um, you know, one one mile, two and a half furlongs, or I think that's the trip. Um, correct it's, me if I'm wrong, listeners. But I think it's right and down three quarters of the way, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's it's it literally is like you. It's quite a sweeping turn as well, and mm-hmm. and then literally when you're in the straight, it's you, you've what three three furlongs to yeah. to get yourself. Get yourself sorted and, and in your run, and, and and I just I just think, like I say, if you if uh, people uh, people sort of like wax lyrical about St Mark's Basilica, but if you backed it pre-play, you must have you must have spent it halfway because it, it was in a perfect position just behind the pace, getting a yeah. lovely turn, settle. Okay? Uh, like I said, it, 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 we complain about our tracks, but like you said, Sean T to run a French Derby, waste of time. Um, mm. So yeah, Paul, we both think we'd have, we'd have run there. I've been in Derby just to see where we're at, really. And you know, there's there's not much kudos for a French Derby winner unless unless you go on to do extraordinary things after. Right, next question, and it's stay on the Derby. What one more question on the Derby, and then we'll move on. Which is why did why did the Derby winner go from forties to sixteens in two minutes when nobody claims to have seen it? Is the pandemic the last nail? Uh, uh, in the coffin for the on-course books. John Swarfiger Nolan with the question, John. Well, they'll be uh, saving doing nothing in a minute, won't they? <laughs> Guarantee you that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think probably the exchanges are driving some of these SPs now. And uh, I think it's got a little bit of a tickle on the exchanges, didn't it, just, just before end? Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, they could have backed it with me to their heart's content. I didn't, I didn't give it to Captain Hell's chance after Lingfield. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I have to. I have to concur with you there. He, he, he did, he, especially from that draw as well. Yeah, you know, like, like I, everything just said no. Um, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have thought it would have been fast enough to get any kind of position running up that hill. No. And, uh, it, it looks every inch a ledger or so. I mean, I mean, mm. you, firstly, you, I mean, they, they'll run it in the King George, but they, they they can't even contemplate going back to a mile and a quarter. So, so it shows you what type of a horse it is. Um, and I think for me, the article that Chris Cook wrote in the Racing Post, where he says, "Oh, it was like really, it, it takes a lot of money to send a horse from." 40 to 1 to 16 to 1. Yeah. In, 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 well, I disagree with that strong because as we've seen as we've seen in recent derbies, there's, there's been quite a few, you know, uh, yeah. recent gam- gambles. And the markets on the exchanges aren't aren't what they used to be. They, no. they, cannot, they cannot hold the price, it, especially big prices. It, literally, you can – I mean, I, I could ask for – 50 pounds, 100 pounds at, say, something at 40s, even in a derby. Mm. And you're struggling in yeah. this day and age. You're struggling. It used to be a gimmick. You know, no problem. It's the derby. You're on some. Now it's all changed. And so I, I, I don't agree with Chris Cook saying he takes money to move it because I reckon if I don't want a three grand on it, you know, and, try, and try, trying to get three, three grand on Betfair, uh, and yeah. the books have no opinion these days anyway. They go off Betfair prices. Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to get three grand on, I would probably knock it at least half it trying to get yeah. 3,000 on because there's no one there to match. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that that's my take on it, John. That yeah. I just think, like, I agree, there, there was probably no gamble, only someone that might be a bit shrewd felt that it was it was the wrong price and smashed it in. That was it. And it doesn't take much. Probably didn't have a lot on it. Uh, right, next question off the derby now. Uh, how much longer do you think the one meeting a day rule, John, will stay in place? Because jockeys who are not at the top table, as in some cases, possibly only getting a ride a day. Um, I mean, this is not good for them. And surely it's contributing to small fields as some owners will be reluctant to put, say, young lads or lasses on inexperienced if they're lining one up for D-Day. So, and that with poor, poor prize money, you know what? What's the what's the solution here? What, you know, do, do you think this? Do, do you think jockeys should be allowed, allowed to ride at more than one meeting? Yeah, I do. I think we'll revisit this at the end of the year, probably. I can see struthers in the PGA getting involved, and you know, we've got a gentleman jockeys who more or less solidify their financial positions during the middle of the summer when they can ride at two meetings. Um, they'll probably find they're struggling this year. And as a result, I think we'll go to the PGA first. And I think Paul Struthers will probably make an excellent case for the jockeys being allowed to ride at more than one meeting. And um, I, I can see getting bin for next year. Well, for one thing, I mean, just I, I agree with you. I think Paul Struthers is the first first port of call. Secondly, if any jockey wants to challenge it legally, I don't think I don't think the BHA has got a leg to stand on. That's your strength of trade, isn't it? Well, you, you're stopping someone from basically working, which I think 
I mean, I, I don't know the employment laws in and out, but certainly from my perspective, you know, that there has, there has to be government legislation in place to say, no, you can't, a bit like truck drivers where they can drive for four yeah. hours, then they've got to stop that kind of thing. Yeah, but like, like they, what they, where it falls down, they're classing one meeting as your four-hour driving session. Well, that's all right, you got six rounds. If you were going to one meeting for one round, you haven't exactly been driving the truck, you've only packed it up. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I don't really like to stand up. You know, no. Really Good point, Carl Swanson agreed. That needs changing, I think, as well. That it is un- very unfair on on the jockeys that don't get as much rides, and that's yeah. why coming landscape gardeners and and everything else because landscape gardening pays more than than being a journeyman jockey, and I think that's a bit unfair for for, for the young people that's dedicated their life to the sport. Anyway, next question. We move on to a betting question. And this is from Chris Chris B on Twitter. And he says, what's Hildean running? He said, Betfair, drones, affordability checks, COVID or something else. Well, Chris, I mean, I'll start by answering this. Um, I don't think necessarily the in-running game's killed. There's a lot of problems with in-running at the moment, as as you've pointed out, drones, which it's, it's actually put the track lads off paying big money to, to rent boxes because obviously the drones uh, are providing picks of similar, well, not like just slightly slower speed, but actually being at the track. So, so there's very little advantage in, in, in renting a box. So, 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 and the thing is, so more people have got access to picks. So the, the lads that were making a few quid on track uh, now aren't making a few quid on track because they're probably not, top of the tree in terms of ability let's say um and yeah so drones have, have, have had an impact in terms of, of track players i just think as, as a whole betfair is on he's on the way down in in, in getting money on liquidity etc etc yes affordability checks definitely has played a massive part in that though recently this week betfair have changed their policy on affordability checks. I don't know if this is an exclusive, a bastard is exclusive, because I had an email about it. I don't know if other people's got an email about it, but basically Betfair are now doing it on net net depo- net deposits, not gross deposits. In other words, so if, if you're in profit on the account, you're not going to fall foul of their stupid bot that says you've deposited a few quid, you've got a gambling problem. Because if you're in front, they're not going to bother you. That's That's the whole... So that's a plus for anyone that uh, I don't know if anyone knew that. So that's a, that is a plus. So, Chris, like I said, I don't think Betfair is 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 is, is, is sort of. I don't think there's a problem with him running to a degree. I ju- I just think the liquidity is less. You have to lessen your horizons. Like for me now, if I play in running, instead of asking for a thousand on one, I might ask for two or three hundred on one, and that's just how it is because you're just going to sit there in system. And and you know and everyone stares at it and and that's it. So it it, it becomes a, it is becoming a bit of a waste of time. But but what's killed it? I just think general people going skin liquidity. Everything's just for, you know taking a natural natural progression. So that's the way it is. Do you agree with that, John? Entirely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, the way of the game. Right. Next question. It is another betting sort of question, really. Uh, from Frankie on the blower, 
He's very, very good with on Twitter. Very active. That's what we like. Plenty of questions on Twitter. Um, and he said, if you were any good at gambling on the horses, how would you manage to get enough money on to make a living when accounts get restricted so easily, John? Well, I think it's very difficult these days. I mean, you, you probably need to get on the side of the boat and make a look at you in a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there are bookies out there who sort of cuddle a winning account occasionally. Um, I have known them. Um, look after your price wise, and basically you're marking their card, and they're, they're quite like that. Um, more often than that, as well, if you're in with a particular stable, they do choose to look after a few people from the, the sort of get to know from the bigger yards, things like that, you know. Um, other than that, I mean, you, you're gonna struggle unless you do it all so better, really. And, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's become decidedly tricky. I've used commission agents. I I, I I do have someone trying to get me on at the moment each day, which is a help. I, 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 obviously, I never get what I want, but it, it's better than nothing. Uh, obviously, everyone knows I, I run a, a tipping service. Shameless plug there. Um, Systembet.co.uk. Join now. Uh, anyway. But yeah, so it's and that that sort of helps with with sort of you know finances and stuff in terms of just everything really because the the thing is people say oh why why do you why do you give bets out if you're so good why why do you, why do you sell tips for the very reason that a lot of the tips and I'm being honest that I'm, I can't get on <laughs> well yeah you know, I can't I cannot get I cannot get on and. Like I said, sometimes I can get on with commission agents. Sometimes, like you say, John, you might nibble away on Betfair for a few quid. Um, it literally is like that. Uh, there's Bet Connect now, which I've also I'm also trying uh, Bet Connect, but again, that's they only put the markets on at nine o'clock. That means there's punters that will try and get you on, and they you, they take two percent commission. So Bet Connect, check it out, people. That's not bad. I'm I'm quite impressed so far. You can, you know, you, you as long as you're not trying to get on night, you know, mid morning, mid morning lunchtime's fine. Get get a bet on at four to one, something like that. Two two three hundred pounds, you'll get you'll get done, no problem. But if you try and like, you know, if you try and ask try and get on at daft odds at nine o'clock in the morning, you're probably not gonna not, not gonna get much done. But that's the way the world it is. It's, it's very difficult, and I must admit that my income from the game is not. Not what it what it was in in the glory days. That's just how it is. We've got to get used to it until something changes. Everyone's hoping for this utopia of a BHA exchange, John. You know where it's two percent. All the profit goes to racing. They don't they don't they don't ban winners. They don't they don't give premium charges. They just take two percent and slap it all into racing, John. What do you say to that? So it should have been set up fifteen years ago, but they let the will and the savvy to do it, didn't they? Imagine, imagine a BHA exchange with two percent commission. That's all going. In fact, I'll even up it. I reckon if you said right, three point five percent, everyone would happily pay it. There's no premium charge. There's no restrictions. No, no affordability checks. No nothing. Just the the entire lot of commission just goes straight into into racing. Wow, what a, what a, what a formula that is. Well, blow a bit of out the water straight away, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, but I mean, and BHA have got the power to do it because obviously yeah. news travels fast, and the BHA could get the bods to build it and get the you know the the technology behind it and get it done. They've got they've got the cash. Um, you know, get it done. They don't, they don't have the work ethic, mate, or the will. That's the problem. Yeah. And that basically, you know, sorts racing out, sorts racing's funding without without bookmaker intervention starting at nine o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock at night. Anyway, we'll move. That's another subject. We'll probably discuss that more on Sunday about um, about the current state of affairs with racing and the number of meetings, etc. It's a good start to the show on Sunday, and I've got I've got. Good, good little bit of info from Nick Davis to start the show on Sunday as well. So I say it's a good show. Right, next question. Uh, thoughts, please, on having a De Bonville D'Souza Hands of Stone award for the worst ride of the week job. That's from Lorne Marvo, Chris Denman, our guest on Sunday. I think it's an excellent idea. I really do. Um, I mean, all the time you say these smoke blowing exercises where ride of the week, ride of the month all the rest of it and I mean I wouldn't say man I want to turn rides of stinkers but you see an awful lot more stinkers than you do rides of the way yeah and uh, I think uh, Mr Deadman as well has, uh, has picked two crackers there with Divine Builder Souza <laughs> because uh, I, I don't know if you've seen Sil today on that one of Stouties but uh he was itching to give up two and a half hours, and then uh, when when he he sort of half dropped his hands and let the arse drift inside, it started running on. He ended up showing himself up a bit, really, because he, he gave it a couple of cracks and it was never nearer than at the finish. Um, appalling that, because he let the arse drift back on the crown of the bend, turning in. Um, you know, I mean, I read it to yard on the downgrade and these horses aren't making the progress that they used to make, but my God, that should have won the minute today, I thought. I mean, I mean, it's, regarding Nico, it's fair enough. I think, I think everyone acknowledges Nico has regressed quite, quite considerably as a jockey. Um, but do you think, I mean, do you think age is playing a part now, we still? It could be. Um, I mean, He's, he's, he's never been one I've been thrilled to back in a middle distance race that, that's required a bit of savvy. No. You know, uh, jump and go jobs on Southall, yes, all day long I'll back him. But um, you get him in these other races, well, well you, you need to think about things a bit, a bit of finesse. And he, he seems to come up sadly lacking them, I think I think if I were, if I were King Power, uh, I'd, I'd I'd be looking for someone for next season. I think. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I you know let let let's all go back to Beverly and flash round seven furlong round there in front and let the punters be happy again. <laughs> he he always tell the man for the screaming kill, didn't he? Really, yeah. You know, you can well, pension pension your fan enough at last. You know, I mean, he 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 want to get another five or six years out of his retirement, wouldn't he? You know, I mean, he's 77 now. And, uh, you know, he must be ready for putting his weight up all year. So, I mean, why not, you know, put uh, put Sil with his, uh, his ideal partner? That's a good show. That, I mean, that is, I mean, he's, we talked about, like, 
if you think about marriages and stuff and what works and what doesn't work, like how D'Souza has not been the Johnston's main jockey for last instead of jockeys that Johnston's using. Johnston's like Nicky Henderson, picks all absolute, you know. <laughs> you know. he's, he's a bit like it, uh, Andrew Baldwin, isn't he? He likes to work one hand tied behind his back. <laughs> it's just it's you know. weird. The only difference, Wayne, he likes his horses on the front end, so he gives himself a massive advantage there. Yeah. Well, he has the jockeys he picks. Gee, God. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a good shout. D'Souza, King Power to get rid of D'Souza, D'Souza to Johnston's, and then King Power to get, you know, somebody. That probably is more deserving of that job. That could probably do a better job. Um, suggestions, listeners. Who who would you pick? Who would you pick for King Power's job? That'd be that'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on that. Right. Final question before we get onto our pink button section, where you can all like cross out these selections that me and John will cut with this weekend. Uh, and it's from John Swarfiga Nolan again. I've let him have two questions because I did laugh at this. And he said, if you lock King Kong, Brian Meehan. The Ginger Hitler, Fred West in a cell. Who would be the last man standing, John? Well, the temptation would be to never open the cell again <laughs> and, and keep all, all four under secure lock and key um, initially. Um, I, w- I would venture to suggest that if you put them all in a cell, Brian may have definitely tried to shag, shag the other three. Um, <laughs> He, he wouldn't be taking any prisoners, you know. I mean, I think they did drive the bus with Ryan, definitely. Yeah. Um, Ginger Hitler might be worth a fiver at a long price, you know. He, he, uh, he, he gets nasty, John, doesn't he? He, gets yeah, really he, nasty. he can get quite savage at times. So yeah. I think he uh, could be a sporting bet on an outsider, I think. Yeah, so John's fiver is on Ginger about, about eight, if you were pricing it up. Yeah. But he's, he'd like to see the ginger, ginger it'll get nasty. To be honest, I would like every listener that listens to this show to see the ginger it'll get nasty. I've seen it just, I've seen it once or twice. I've seen him teetering once or twice. And he he, he can get really, he's an angry little man, but that's, he, he's funny. He's, he's hilarious. We, anyway, we, need, we need to post a video on YouTube or something. We, we do. We, we, we need, we, uh, video evidence is needed for this. And yeah. I think it, it, that is great sport. Anyway, we'll go. We'll come on to now to the selections part of the show. And for those of you that's fast forwarded, you good judges listening to nonsensical questions from uh, from our from our listeners and our stupid answers. Anyway, on to the selections. Two fifteen at Sandown when they kick, kick off. It is the uh, Coral Scurry Stakes, the listed event for uh, the five furlongs. There, uh, forecast fast ground. It looked it looked fairly quick there at Sandown today. And favourite is the Marco Botti trained Atalis Bay. It's it's seven to four, John. Any any view in this? This very much reminds me of Imperial Cup dates and down because it's like the prelude to the Cheltenham Festival, isn't it? Yeah. And then we've got the weekend before Ascot. And anybody that's got anything worthwhile, they they keep them for Ascot, aren't they? You know. Yeah. Yeah. And. This 215 race, uh, for, for, for what it's worth, I, I'm, I'm chucking in with Dense Star. Um, I think this one's come down in the weights a nice bit. And that's mainly through racing on rotten ground. I think it can show the benefit of 
coming back on a firm surface here, and uh, I think the the, the price rewards the the speculative punt, shall we say? Big pro- yeah, big price, twenty five to one. Uh, Stuart Williams, David Egan, Mishriff jockey takes the ride. Uh, Star Spangled Banner filly there for John. Um, I, I I don't understand though why Atalis Bay is as big as seven to four. Hmm. Right. I mean, hear me out here. I mean, this this horse has done done nothing but progress. And if anyone watched York last time, I mean, that was some run. I mean, Winter Power that won won that listed race is five to one for the King Stand. Five to yeah. one for the King Stand. Atalis Bay was three lengths back in second, and it was five back to the third. Dexter Bell, which I know that. Kevin Ryan's holding quite high regard. They they definitely think, think she's listed class, uh, without a doubt. And and I just think is this horse very progressive because he, he he won nicely on his reappearance at Nottingham. Um, obviously not beating much, but won nicely. I just felt that he ran very well and he was strong to the line. And I I didn't think this was a great race for a listed contest. And I just felt. That seven to four at Tarlis Bay was a very, very big price. However, there is a caveat. Marco Botti, the trainer, is not in very good form at all. And I think that's why it is seven to four. But it's a price, I'll be honest, that I am prepared to take because if it's seven to four in the morning and there's, there's cash around, because I think this horse is definitely a length two, length of two, maybe more better than these. And I, I just think that that's, that's very fair enough for me. So Tarlis Bay. For me, and if you like your prices, John with a nice selection there, uh, thinking that Den Star wants a little bit better ground uh, at a massive 25 to 1. So, good start from us there, a favourite and a rag. We move on to the second television race at Sandown, which is the 250. It is the one mile play coral uh, racing super series for free, no thanks, handicap. And King's Knight is the three to one favourite for Charles Hills. John, have you any view here? Yeah, I thought Dog made a reasonable sort of comeback um, when uh, when he ran at Yale Market behind Turntable. Um, and uh, I thought gave quite a bit of hope, actually. Uh, back down to just a pound higher than its last winning mark. Um, the three-year-old season was a little bit of a, a bit of a write-off, really. Um, horse never never really looked great to me, um, but I, I felt he probably got a bit more shape to him this year when when I seen him at Newmarket. So I, th- I, th- I think he could, could have a reasonable season this horse at four, and uh, I would expect him to get his. This season back on track here, and, uh, and got pretty close. Really interesting selection, that John, because the the connections have clearly felt on numerous occasions that the horse does not want soft ground at all. Mm. Um, it's been withdrawn a total of four times on on soft ground and or heavy ground, and they ran it obviously on off the break. Uh, they ran it on on officially good to soft um, at Newmarket, and basically 
it ran okay. It was it was it was a fair enough reappearance. Um, so I just think it's quite interesting. Maybe maybe there is a lot more to come on quicker ground. They obviously think it's a quick ground horse. So so I think that, that's an interesting selection. Um, that's priced at eleven to two, I believe. Best price for for, for dogged or dogged David Ellsworth and David Probert. My selection in the race is repertoire of David Simcox, a trainer you like, John, because he puts everything outside out the back of the telly. <laughs> and, not, and you're thinking, what do I want to back that for around this gas pit? But 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 yeah, I mean you're right there. He does put everything out the back of the telly. That's the one bugbear. But I'll make a good case for this. Um, on reappearance, uh, repertoire was was over the mile at Ascot. Obviously, a better track to to run held up than say Sandown. But the the pace was really slow. The, the leader was second. The one that was tracking the pace won the race. It was at, it was a farce of a race, complete farce. And this horse was was basically out the back, kept on best of the best of the held up runners under under Grace Mac and Cheese, and and you know I thought it ran a blinder, absolute blinder to to finish third. Next time on the soft on the it was softer ground at Newbury, seven seconds slower than standard. So the official good to soft was absolute rubbish. Um, it's by a bit of breath, um, and I just think. That repertoire's got a lot more to come, but like you say, John, uh, with Simcock, it's annoying. I've got a roll of some pamphlet coming out in the new year, and one of these rolls of some will be only back Simcock at Ascot and Donny. You're um, right. You're right. Only thing that attracted me were the odds. Mm. Was like eleven to one, and you're sort of praying for a decent pace. You're praying they go a good gallop. And it, get, it gets a run, it gets a trip, and I think the eleven to one then looks big. Um, re- I'm sure they're fresh watching Simcock operate at the minute. I mean, there's that Elton Place that I put down in my tracker at the start of the year, and I think it's run about five times now in small trails with no pace on, on the hard weather, and once on the grass where they think there were six runners, and it's been dropped out the back of the telly every time, and. It, it's it's getting so well handicapped. I'm I'm even thinking of doing me, me John Dunlop trick and ringing the trainer and saying if it's for sale. <laughs> I mean it's I mean it's it's, it's right. It's a, it's a banging angle at the sales. You know anything that's held up out the back of the telly on bad tracks because trainers just do it all the time. You're right to spot this. But anyway, repertoire. They've got it handicapped for you, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean re- repertoire for me. He's one to follow for listeners because if, if you notice, say tomorrow he, get, he gets a held up trip, finishes well into fifth or fourth, you'll know on a better straight course track repertoire is probably one to to stick 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 your granny's jewel granny's pearls on. No, no, don't do that. That's that's not gambling commission advice. But anyway, um, right, that's me and John done at Sandown. Repertoire for me there and dogged or dogged for John. Dog, I like dogged. Than, yeah, than, he dug it. Yeah, right. We'll go to Chester for their one and only TV race, which is the three twenty, the one mile. It's the extended one mile four furlong handicap, class two event, not to one hundred affair. Current favourite is Classic Lord at around the four to one mark. John, any view on this? Yeah, love this. Um, 
The one I've come up with is Man of Riddles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, the front end gas oil is all gas oil. Yeah, you've just been slagging me off. Yeah, sleep. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> when I went through this race, I thought, well, there's a screaming kilt there with three in this. Is he still with enough? Well, of course he is. Um, also, you've got Rafe and Ralph, uh, the one we blinked his first time. So that's going to get gingered up as well, isn't it? Yeah, two sets of blinkers for yeah. Rafe. And then you've got and- Andrew Baldwin sending out an inexperienced jockey in William Cox, telling him how important it is to stay Andy at Chester. So that leaves the cold, calculating, clinical mind of Jamie Spencer and his mentor, David the Simcock. <laughs> and we know what's going to happen here. He's going to drop him out. And basically, we technically have to tell about the pace collapse, aren't we? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, me theory. Well, I mean... I, I... Man of Riddles, you know, he, he won his main at Wolves and then obviously they thought enough of him to to have a go at the uh, the listed race. Uh, the, yeah, the but look, look, look what the running man though, Lee, as well. I mean, it's um, septic tank, both sides of the pedigree. Um, Absolutely. Te- Temple City Nerev, it's a, it's a complete dirt pedigree, really. Yeah, it's really on, fast the, ground, yeah. on the slush yeah. in, yeah. in Goodwood. Fair point, so, yeah. So, I mean, quicker ground around here. You'll think it's running around the American track anyway, because of the dimensions of Chester. <laughs> like Great Lakes yeah. Downs, the you know, bull ring. You know, give it a hot dog or something before it goes out, and away you go. No, I, 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 I can't, can't fault your reasoning there in terms of pedigree, but as I said, you've got the pain of, of hoping you prayed for something to, to go blast off. And uh, Johnston, but like you say, Johnston might do, and like you say, William Cox. But well, Johnson, Johnson's three in. Well, this is it. You see, you've got Johnston always trying, right? So I mean, if you were on one of Johnsons, you were going to say, "Well, I'm not going to be the one that's sitting back." You're yeah. not letting your other toe have an easy leg, Johnston. You know, uh, now at ninety quid a day or whatever. You know, so um, no, I mean. You're going to want them competing, aren't you? So. Yeah, you've made a good case for that 11-2. It's probably a slightly stronger case than mine, which is side shot of, of John Gosden's. That I just felt that, again, they ran it on slot last time behind Classic Lord. Yeah. And I, and I don't... Oasis Dream on damn side. There was, there was zero pedigree. Frankels aren't known to want soft ground as a rule. And I just think this horse hasn't had many chances on... on Sort of decent surface. When you look at that Kempton race that Dancing King won off 79, Dancing King is now rated 97. Yeah. Side shot was second. Wallen ran since, but look what it was fourth to. Mahatha. Uh-huh. You know, and that's a very, very strong piece of form. And and I just that is strong form. I don't I don't the way that sort of Frankels will progress as well, I think I I think side shot is is underrated at five to one, and stall three is a nice draw. Probably get a decent handy handyish ride, sort of sit 
they'll never lead Bull, will the Gosden lot, but they'll mm. sit probably third or fourth. I just thought that was one that probably get a safer trip than yours. I'm not saying it probably beat yours, but but I, I think it gets a safer trip. And side shot mm. was my choice at five to one. Each way a pleasure. So that's me and John Dunn for Sandown and Chester, thankfully. And now we go to your four television races, starting with the Queen Mother Cup for the female amateur jockeys. Uh, spectacle over a mile and a half. Uh, it's um, it's kind of a famous, ra- kind of a famous race. This job, the Queen Mother's Cup. You know, I've, I always knew this as a youngster, and I kind of reminisce about this race. A lot, a lot of decent, decent horses have, have won this race in the past, but this this year's renewal, I don't think, um, really does it justice. Well, you have old spit mix up. Prowling around the parade ring, aren't you? Before, during, and after the race, especially if one of his relatives is a winning jockey, because he'll be wanting three bottles of champagne and all the rest of it, and a free ice cream from Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, he will. He will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Byron Fly is the four-to-one joint favourite with Civil Law. That I can't. If Brian runs that, I'll be astonished. But. It won today at York, and obviously it's a horse I like. Um, and it's just—I don't, I don't know why you'd run it. We have five-pound penalty, but it's, it's Brian Elephant, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do, but I'd be surprised if he ran it. I think there's every chance of it running. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, this, this race—I um, I mean, I was joking about spitting Mick to a certain extent. But these lads do tend to make a bit of a meal of this race. And uh, I have noticed that um, the new training partnership, Michael and David, it's uh, a hell of a meeting of minds, by the way, isn't it? You know. <laughs> My God. Um, they're running one that's been off, what, about four years? Fly me to the stairs for um, Midland yeah. Park, the, uh, the delightful Midland Park crew. Uh, but the one I was interested in was Samim, and I was very interested in this. Um, I think Thick Dave has had his hand in this because he, he he's ridden this a couple of times when it was with James Tate. So I think this is a horse that's better known to Tim than... You would, it would appear for only having two runs for him. Mm. And uh, I think they've done a bit of research here and brought this along very, very steadily, um, massively in need of the run at York at the Dante meeting. And then the week before last, behind the unlucky at the Dante meeting, Fishable, um, given a very nice, easy race, um, was beaten half as far as it was at the Dante meeting, looked as different again physically. We'll have come on to that again. Eight to one, each where the dead age. This is solid. You've sold me on that. You, you, uh, that's a great, great bit of reasoning. You, you, you've sold me. I, I, I love it. And like you said, the East of his love this. And Serena's on the. Uh, uh, what is it? Serena's on the. Uh, one of Ian Williams's Byron Flyer, so Mick will still get his champagne if Serena wins, um, <laughs> and so on. Um, but yeah, I mean, Samim, that's a great case because 
you know, Tom Tate wouldn't be the, you know, the household name he, he probably once was. And it's, it's an interesting stable switch. Like you said, think Dave was on it. And he says, yeah, buy this or get hold of this. Yeah. It'll be all right, this, you know. Yeah, no, that's a great call, job. I, I'm I'm staying silent because I'm I'm quite impressed with the reason there. So well done, John. Samim, yeah, I, I'm in agreement with John. We like that one. We'll move on to the 235. It's the it's the seventh furlong JCB handicap, um, big track big tractor race, um, and it's a four to one favourite dazzling Dan for the seventh furlong handicap. John, any view on this? Do you know, I, I get one right on this seven furlong course at York every five years or so. Um, and I'm about Joe, actually. Uh, the one I like is National League. Um, it ran pretty well at Redcar on very quick ground, three runs back. Since then, it's run on allegedly good ground at Newbury. I think it was slower than that myself. And then it ran on good to soft at Chester um, behind Broughton Spade. I think getting back on quick ground, um, it, it's got a bit of potential off 86, and I can see it running well. It's got a decent draw as well in the third box, but I'm not, I'm not massive on it. No, it's, it's an horse, obviously, 18 starts, two wins. Uh, third to Duesenberg of 83, second to Daniels Fly of 83 early season, um, and obviously comes off 86. This wouldn't be the hottest race I've ever seen for York, but as we've as we've been talking about recently, a lot a lot of these handicaps away from the big the big festival meetings, um, and, and and even the festival meetings, Newmarket were disappointed with their handicaps, Epsom were disappointed with their handicaps. I mean. This, you know, it's, just, it's, it's worrying times. You know, I, I do think we're, whether we're selling good horses abroad, I, I don't know, but it just seems the lack of quality on offer. I mean, so much surge on. I like admirality in here. Roger Felthorff, um, Jason Hart yeah. rides, nine to one chance. Uh, the, the case I was making was uh, it took it took a couple of spins last year for him to get into form, and he, he he's got. Uh, form over this course and distance second off 89 uh, in July last year uh, off 88 today and I just felt that was that was you know they, they ran it for a spin last time over six on the soft you know never going to win that and it's quite well drawn I just thought Admiralty you know would would definitely play a part in this but you know it, no, it's just like an each way each way call really at nine to one so, mm-hmm. admirality for me, National League for John, kind of a race. You might want to get some paint involved for that race. We move to the 305, which is the Skybet race to the Ebor Grand Cup Stakes, listed race. John, nine to four favourite is Makawi, the mare that loves it round here or seems to always run a race round here. Um, thoughts? I'm disappointed about this race, to be honest, because, um, and you'll know the reasoning behind this, um, Roberto Escobar, our friend from Ascot, um, you remember I pointed out to you after the after the race, this this thing was on the wrong leg all the way yeah. around, around the, the turn in and, and up the straight um, at Ascot, and I thought... I want this back at York on fast ground in the Aber 
and I'll have my knackers on it off 103. Yeah. And he's going to piss up here, and it'll be 110 after tomorrow. And that'll scupper me either bet. So I'm a bit pissed off. Right. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I sort of share you said, because the first thing I looked for, I thought Roberto Escobar, decent quick ground, um, back to the scene of the crime where a track he likes, I know it's over further, but he wants further. Like you said, he's, a, he's your Eboros. Yeah. And, and then, do you know what disappointed me more than anything? The fact that I'm forced to break, or I might be forced to break betting rules to betting, because if you look, Roberto Escobar, 803, nine stone, McCarley, yeah. who loves it round here. She 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 runs she runs her races. You know, she's just tough, tough mare. And she's 105 rated, eight stone nine. So also already at the weights, you are um seven pounds wrong with McCarley. Yeah. So you're having to back a horse. At nearly the same price at the moment, nine to four Macawi, five to two Roberto Escobar, and we're having to back a horse that's seven pound wrong. If if this were a hand, if this were a handicap, we we'd be we'd be seven pound better off. And already I'm starting to be turned off by wanting to take, you know that because it's against all betting betting common sense. You know after the race, if the mare beats you by a neck, you 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 go well, it's there. You know we oh, yeah, absolutely. Off. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 not a bet, is it? I mean, but that's what I can say happening. I can say this ponting up. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm I don't feel compelled to bet it. No, um, because of factors that you mentioned. But I would I'd be the least surprised person on the nerves right here. If this went in one of its head in its chest, because I think it's a really good house in, in the main. I, I, I agree, and we were all over it last time. It was a bastard yeah. special for yeah. our listeners, if you remember. We we went bastards, but we couldn't believe it. Me and John both agreed. And uh, as I said, I think we're both a bit sad for different reasons in a way. John mainly because he was hoping that this would be laid out for the Ebo, and me for the reason that I have to break betting rules uh, that, that I don't usually do. You know, to, to and I, mean, I wish he'd stuck it away till August. Yeah. Know. Second run off a wind up, you know. Um, I think the problem is he's got group aspiration. I, th- I yeah. think that's. I think he, that's yeah, well, he, want, he wants to crack on, doesn't he? Uh, I don't think. He, I mean, I don't think he wants the but I think he wants he wants bigger things. He want, I think that that's that's the tip in itself. Yeah. William Agus wants to win bigger, bigger stuff with it, and uh, otherwise you wouldn't run in this. It's pointless. No, I mean I, I think this is going to be up there with like his Coronation Cup house and other ones like that in the ad. Yeah, El Arab and you know I think this yeah. is going places. No, high confidence from us. But we both love Roberto Escobar as a horse. Um, so I'll we'll let we'll let you listeners decide what you want to do here, but. We've, we've lined out our reasons what we think here. We'll move on to the final uh, race of the day, which is the 340, the very competitive, always the used to the Coral Sprint Cup, the uh, the three-year-old uh, uh, six-furlong handicap, now the Pavers Foundation Catherine Memorial Sprint Handicap, 
Favourite is Skyrunner of, of, of William Haggis, 11-2. John, thoughts here? Yeah, I remember when this was the Coral Sprint, and uh, I think, yeah, Sheikh Albert won it. I was uh, I was a guest of Coral's for lunch, and uh, the starter was fish in aspic. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love the detail you remember. And it, it, it was like um, King Neptune had a kidney problem and pissed on some fish. <laughs> it was absolutely shocking. Um, that's my biggest recollection of the, of the whole Ferrago with Corrums. Um I wasn't asked back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I. Uh, I, I actually, yeah, took took a well-known jockey a couple of smoked salmon sandwiches downstairs as well because he was he was doing late on the on the Sunday as well in France and uh, had nothing to eat all day and uh, I was smuggling smoked salmon sandwiches out in my pocket. <laughs> uh, Why have I got this vision of like uh, Dan? Uh, is it Dan Aykroyd in Trading Place? <laughs> Father Christmas suit with salmon sticking out of his yeah, yeah. that type of thing, you know. Um. <laughs> so anyway, we'll get back to the yeah, yeah. What, anyway, back to the chicken. I just thought um, international dream wasn't handicapped completely out of it and was worth a, a talk and mention with the yard flying like it is at the minute. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm not compelled to. I um, my, my, well, it was my nap of the weekend, but I have to also, like, you know, be aware of prices. And my nap of the weekend was first folio of James Ferguson's because I thought yeah. he won very impressively at Yarmouth on the first switch from France, La France. Mm -hmm. And he was very, very impressive. And then against uh, Jumbe, which I think is the, the most reliable uh, three-year-old sprint handicapping form going at the moment um, he, he was very unlucky because he got very upset in the stalls he wasn't happy that day uh, going berserk, missed the break on the back foot, had to switch to the stand side, stayed on just as well as the principals, I've handicapped him just as well as the as the sort of first sort of three three home, not saying he's as good as Jumbe I'm just saying he probably would have been second. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to be as good as Jumbi. I mean, Jumbi's pretty lethal and probably goes to Ascot with a fair chance. Yeah, exactly. So, so if this is second or third in that, you yeah. know, I, yeah. I, I, I do think you know this this would probably go favourite. Which, to be fair, it nearly is. That's my point. That it was bigger. It was sort of around the nine to one mark. Mm -hmm. uh, I think punters are coming in for it now, six to one. Uh, just a special mention for Tim's here. Um, show along. I think physically, it is really improving. Do you know what? I fancy this to be his next pip along. Physically, it's the part. It's improving. You can just see it. It's thrive. It's thrive from. Two Excuse me, it's got a bit of depth, isn't it? Yeah, but the, I was so disappointed. I, I, I would be disappointed if I were connections to show along because the handicapper whooped it up seven pounds for Chester. I thought it was very, very harsh. Really harsh. Um, because I know there was four back to the third, but it wasn't the best of races, and I ju I just felt that that that's not what you need at this this moment in time. So that just might catch it out just for now. 
but I'm not saying it won't be a hundred horse in time because I think it will. It, I think it's progressive, and, I, and if you fancy show along, I wouldn't put, put anyone off that's listening tonight that does fancy show along. So, but yeah, first folio for me is my nap, and show along is certainly if you fancy it, don't be put off because. I do like the horse, but it's a shame it went up seven for Chester because I thought that was quite harsh. So just to, just to recap, don't forget Sunday, uh, we've got the, a, a very, very good sermon. Very get, good get your Swarfager and your throat pastels ready. Yeah, Swarfager in your waders. Get ready for some sirens. We'll, we'll make some sirens happen on Sunday. And uh, some very good guests. And also our best anti-post bets and a good judging Nick Davis to give his best also for Royal Ascot. So don't miss Sunday's show. I hope you enjoyed this show tonight. Have a great week. Great Saturday's bets anyway. And we'll see you Sunday evening. Bye for now.